0: Philippians verse we be something else for you today uh, because it's a common reality, a common one you're going to have to deal with, if nothing else, in your own understanding in the way the world uh, uses it out there, right? And uh, just a little teaser, uh, starting next week we start a new message series uh, called Ghosts. We're going to look uh, take four weeks and look at uh, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, work in our lives every day. So I hope you're going to be here for Ghosts as we go into that. But for today, let's get untwisted. Okay, you ready? Let's get untwisted and look at uh, at a verse. So you're going to want to grab your half sheet or uh, grab your app, whatever it is you're going to use to uh, follow along, take notes. And there's going to be one phrase that I uh, want you to write down. So you've got to have something to write with and something to uh, write it on. Because I didn't put it in your notes, but it's a really good gem you're going to want to hold on to, I think. Okay, so here we go. Uh, today, what we are going to look at is 1 Timothy 6 Uh, Ten, Right? So you probably heard this verse before. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. How many know the verse? You bet. Right? It's out there. Right? It gets quoted uh, out there a lot. Here's one for you just to show you how uh, it gets used. There you go, Pastor Andrew and I have a tip jar, by the way, out in the... Uh, no, that doesn't work that way here, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And the way the world often twists it, right, and hears it, is the last half of the verse. And what it ultimately twisted is to say, well, money is somehow uh, evil, right? Or even those who are wealthy are somehow uh evil, right? Uh, well, that's not what the verse says. We're going to find that out. And the goal today is for us as Christ followers, if that's who you are and where you are in life, uh, for us to get a good biblical understanding of this thing called uh, money. And this verse becomes a key root for that kind of good biblical Uh, understanding, okay? So let's look again. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Where we need to start is not the back half of the verse, but the front half of the verse. What's the front half of the verse say? It says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Actually, the emphasis is not on the last half where the world tends to use it, but for us, it's on uh, the first half, right? For the love, right? For the craving. We'll see that uh, later. And we do not negate the last half, but we understand they go together, right? It is this love of money that can lead to all kinds of evil. It's not equating money with evil. It's saying that you just need to understand it can lead to all kinds of evil. So here's the phrase you're going to hear from me over and over again that I want you to write down and think about uh, for this coming week. Uh, Here's the way it goes. Money is neither good nor bad, but it is dangerous. You get that? Money's neither good nor bad, but it is dangerous. Okay? Let's understand why we say that. We're going to follow our pattern, right? How do we do this? Well, we start out by looking at the context of the verse, remember? uh, And then after we figure out the context, we look at other scripture. What does other scripture have to say? And then ultimately, we apply it into our life, right? Try to figure out, okay, what difference does this make on an everyday basis? So, context. If we look at First Timothy six, it's First uh, Timothy. First Timothy is a letter that the Apostle Paul is writing from his time in prison in Rome. He is writing to young Pastor Timothy. And Timothy is a co-worker with Paul, a young man that Paul has kind of adopted in the faith and and helped to mature and grow uh, in the faith and in in ministry. He is kind of his apprentice, his protege, or if you're Star Wars people, he is his Padawan learner. You follow that, right? There you go. Connecting with today's culture here at Christ Church. Anyway, uh, so that's what's going on. He's got this relationship of trying to encourage this young pastor, Timothy. And so in 1 Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy a series of uh, kind of teachings to help Timothy and the people at the church of Ephesus uh, live in a godly uh, way. And so it's just a series of teachings for the young, uh, young pastor, Timothy. And when we get to the beginning of chapter 6, where our verse is, you can see right away that Paul says, some people may contradict our teaching, but these are wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning everything that's gone before. These teachings promote what? A godly life, right? So that's what Paul has been about in the letter to Timothy. He's been about trying to help Timothy and the people in Ephesus that Timothy is pastoring he's trying to help them understand how they can have a better life a godly kind of life. What follows right after this is um, Paul begins to acknowledge that at Ephesus and throughout the church really but at Ephesus in particular there have been some false teachers. And these false teachers have not only promoted false teaching, obviously, but they have promoted false teaching as a way to gain personal wealth. So they're using the gospel, and they're twisting the gospel. They're giving out some false teaching, and as a result, they're, they're raising their stock of importance and getting wealth from this teaching that they're, that they're promoting. Okay? So then he comes along in verse 6 through 8. In verse 6, he comes along with connecting with what we just saw about a godly life, false teaching in the middle. Then he says a key word for us today, yet true godliness and contentment is itself what? Great. What did he just do? He just laid a contrast and saying, listen, the world understands wealth in one way, and that wealth is connected directly to money. Just like those false teachers, right? Just what they've been doing. They've been false teaching and creating personal wealth, right? That's a worldly perspective for us if you're already a Christ follower, right? If you're part of the church of Ephesus, right? If you're already following Christ, different perspective, whole different worldview. For us, what's most valuable for us is true godliness and... Contentment. Godliness and contentment. What's most important to us is not our own personal wealth. What's most important to us is our kingdom wealth. What's most important to us is our relationship with Christ and that that relationship is reflected consistently in the world that we have a true godliness filling up and pouring out of our life and then he gives kind of a qualifying verse okay to help kind of bring everything into perspective and to say listen this this is why you need to remember what's most important what real wealth is right verse 7 says after all we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it what do you just do well, the false teachers, remember, are about worldly wealth. He's saying, no, that's not wealth for Christ followers. Our wealth is godliness and contentment. And he qualifies it all by just kind of giving this base reality, kind of this absolute shot uh, to, to, uh, to, to reality, right? For us to understand, look, you step back and think about it for a minute. You didn't bring anything in, you're not going to take anything out. So you can spend your whole life creating all this personal wealth, but ultimately it measures to nothing. Where kingdom wealth, kingdom wealth expands to the kingdom. And he can end up then in verse 8 saying, So for us, Christ followers, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. He totally reorients our thinking as Christ followers about what's important to us as we look to the experience of wealth. Not worldly wealth, but kingdom wealth. Kingdom wealth. And then he goes, in the verses right before ours, he goes into showing the problems and the risks with worldly wealth. He says, but people who long to be rich, right? So what is their intention? Their heart is being drawn into seeking only worldly wealth, right? Those who long to be rich fall into temptation, are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction, right? He follows it up, and some people craving money, what's most important to them, right? Their heart is seeking after craving worldly wealth, right? those who are craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Right? So what is he doing? He's reminding us of the distinctions and the outcomes. That worldly wealth, letting worldly wealth become more important than your kingdom wealth, your relationship with Christ, is going to lead you to all kinds of problems. Hence, Money is not good or bad, but it is what? Dangerous, right? It's dangerous, right? Because it has a power in and of itself. And so in verse 17 of the same chapter, so further down past our verse, remember our context, in verse 17, further past our verse, he says, teach those who are rich in this world, so worldly wealth, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their Money, right? That's not your highest priority. That's not where you put your trust, because it's so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Notice the last part of there. It's not just what we need for our daily bread, but also for our enjoyment. He also provides for us beyond the measure of what we actually need. What's the focus? If you're a Christ follower, the focus around understanding money is that we're in it for our relationship with Christ. That's first and that's foremost. And worldly wealth is neither good nor bad, but it is dangerous. And that's what 1 Timothy 6.10 is trying to capture for us. It's trying to say, listen, the love of money, putting something above your love for Christ is just dangerous. It can lead you into all kinds, notice all kinds, all kinds of evil. It can lead you into all kinds of problems. So we understand worldly wealth. How do we understand it? It's kind of captured in the question, who do you love? Right? You ever play that game, by the way, with your spouse? Who do you love? You play that game? You don't play that game? I've been playing that game and I... I like that. Okay, honey, who do you love, right? I don't know. I'll play that game anyway. But but it's kind of that question, right? Who, so if you're a Christ follower, who do you love? That's what he's challenging us with. As we look at a healthy understanding of money, who do we love? And the answer for us is you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and All your money. Nothing is more important. Nothing in this world is more valuable than our relationship with Christ. Because you came into this world with nothing. And you leave this world with nothing. And all you have of value is Christ. Amen? Good? That's good stuff. What does it mean? Jesus is capturing it in Matthew 6, right? Wherever your treasure is, there the desire your heart will be also, right? And our heart beats for Christ. Our heart beats for for the gospel, right? And we see the challenge then of worldly wealth with that kind of heartbeat for the cause of Christ. It's captured in Matthew 19 with the experience of Jesus and the rich young ruler. Do you know that story? Some of you do, some of you don't. Um, Young man came to Jesus, says, Man, I follow all the commandments. I got it all together. Uh, I want to make sure I experience the kingdom of heaven, and I want to follow you. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. I'm your man. I will go. I will do, right? And Jesus says, Great, fantastic. If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had what? many possessions, great wealth. Money isn't good or bad, but it is dangerous. Let me try to illustrate it for you. So I have some things here. I have a penny. See that? Remember what they look like? Yeah, just so you you know. I have a penny. I have a dime. I have a dollar. Woohoo! And I have a hundred dollar bill, in case some of you don't know what those look like. That's it, right there. I have a $100 bill. Okay, now in worldly standards, in worldly standards, penny, dime, dollar, $100, which one is the easiest to get rid of? The penny, right? I mean, how many people have seen folks walk in parking lots and just see a penny and walk on by, Right? People don't even bend down to pick up a penny. I do. But people don't. Put it in a plate, man, Sunday morning. There you go. But penny, right? Get Get rid of the penny. Next in worldly order would be the dime. Get rid of the dime. What is that? A dime. Holy cow. And then the dollar. And then finally, the hardest one to get rid of would be the hundred, right? How do we get rid of that? Right? Hardest to get rid of. All right. Now, in a kingdom attitude... In a kingdom attitude, which is the easiest for a Christ follower to get rid of? Trick question. All of it. All of it. If he needs it, he gets it. It's his anyway. He owns it. He lends it to us. So if he needs it, For kingdom cause, it's his. Because what's highest and greatest, what is the key to understanding wealth? Kingdom's cause. Godliness and contentment is real wealth. Follow? So for us, we understand money so differently than the world because we understand money isn't good or bad. It is dangerous because it can lead us away and put put distance in our relationship with Christ. It's not good or bad. It's dangerous, but it's also there for kingdom's cause. It's there for kingdom's cause, right? So we can go back to Paul in Timothy and hear him say what? Yet true godliness with contentment, that, that is itself great wealth, right? Brought nothing in, going to take nothing out. If we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Our contentment rests in just serving whatever Christ needs. That's where our contentment rests, right? And it's a question of trust. And so in 17, teach those who are rich in this world, don't be proud, and not to do what? Don't trust trust. The money instead do what? Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Here's the real key. You see, we can give it away. Why? Because we trust God. What do we trust? A hundred bucks? Seriously. If you, you, you give it away, He can give it back. He can multiply it. You see, our trust says we know a God who owns cattle on a thousand hills, and He can lend a few. So our trust when it comes to this monetary wealth thing is we know God first and foremost. We love Him first and foremost. We're in the kingdom cause first and foremost. And we just know God is going to take care of us. He is able and He will provide for us. It's captured here in Hebrews thirteen five. right? Don't love money. <laughs> Be satisfied with what you have, for God has said what? I will never fail you, and I will never abandon you. Do you believe that? Christ follower? Do you believe that God will never fail you financially? Do you believe he'll never abandon you financially? See, therein lies our real question. We put our trust in God and not in Worldly wealth. We know God is greater. Our highest, most important is loving Him above all things. Okay? And we know money isn't good or bad, but it is dangerous. Jesus warns us in Luke 12: Beware, beware, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is measured not by how much you own, right? First Timothy six, remember what it said: it is the root of all kinds of evil, right? How many folks know folks that ended up embezzling money from companies? All kinds of evil. How many folks know marriages that have fallen on hard times and been destroyed because of fights over money? How many know people who are struggling with credit card debt that they cannot manage because they just couldn't handle the temptation to spend, spend, spend? By the way, Financial peace is out in the atrium today, if you uh, are a part of any of that, right? That's why we do it. You see, the, all kinds, it comes with all kinds of temptations, right? And so we got to be careful around this stuff called money because a greedy person falls into that trap. You fall into that trap and it consumes your life. Okay, so where does that leave us? Do we then say, "Well, pastor, are you saying are you saying I should never ask for a raise?" No, absolutely. I kind of like that coming my way too, so you know. Absolutely. We should be wanting, encouraging, seeking the opportunity to grow in that worldly standard. But why? Why? Because As we grow in our worldly wealth, it allows us to do more for kingdom's cause. Do you follow that? As we grow in worldly wealth, it allows us to do more for kingdom's cause. So Paul says in Timothy what? Tell those people who are rich, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others by doing things... Uh, By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they can experience true life. Absolutely, we want to gain worldly wealth. But we gain worldly wealth and we understand it as blessing that allows us to do more for kingdom's cause. Do you follow that? It allows us to do more. Christ Church, holy cow. Over the years, we have been so incredibly blessed. There were years back in the beginning when leaders got together and decided what bills to pay because there were bills that weren't going to get paid, right? Now, we we are in a whole different place of abundance. Why? So we can take care of ourselves. Not at all, right? God is blessing us, and we need to make sure we have a good understanding of worldly wealth because God is blessing us so that we can advance Kingdom's cause. And if we stop doing it, we risk that blessing. We're advancing Kingdom's cause. He is blessing us. Why? Because we got moms and children in Ethiopia that we are responsible for, to care for, and make sure they get medical attention and education. We got people in downtown Milwaukee that are counting on us just for their daily food every day when they go to Noon Run at Redeemer Church. We got babies that need to be cared for and babies that need to find sanctuary at Hepatha Church because we're partnering with them and making a difference, right? You can get down a whole list of all the things that we do. Why is God advancing and blessing us? Because we're responsible for kingdom's cause. And whatever he pours into us is for his purpose, for his kingdom, for kingdom's cause. Wealth, money, is neither good nor bad, but it is dangerous because it can draw you away from kingdom's cause. Good? I think we got it. So, we can say in Second Corinthians, Paul can say, No, the generous grace, our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet he became poor, So that his poverty could make us what? Rich. Where is our real wealth? It's not the wealth of the world. Our real wealth is in our relationship with Christ. When you come to the table today and you take simple bread and wine and Jesus says to you, I love you. I claim you. I forgive you. Can you put a price tag on that? There is no amount of money in this world that can measure that. When he says you are an absolute new person in Christ, no amount of money can measure that. It is exceeding wealth, life wealth. So we ask the questions context of the scripture we ask the questions for ourselves now as we get a healthy understanding of this stuff you got to think about how would you describe your money attitude after today maybe it's changed how would you describe your money attitude how does your love for god influence your desire for money hopefully it's changed and three how life wealthy are you not worldly wealth how life wealthy are you let's pray Father, thanks Uh, Thanks for uh, teaching us today and untwisting some things maybe in our lives that we can understand that uh, we trust you, we can trust you, and that you are God who promises to provide for us because through us you provide for kingdom's cause. So we just pray we'd have a good, healthy understanding of this thing called worldly wealth. And that we could advance the cause, uh, whatever you ask, that it's yours. And that we could just uh, grow uh, to love you more and love you more than anything else in this world. Because you're all we need. You're absolutely all we need. And thank you for the priceless gift of your son and the forgiveness we're about to receive. We pray all this in Jesus' name.